0: This is the CU 2.0 podcast with your host, Robert McGarvey. Big new ideas about credit unions. Big new ideas about credit unions. CU 2.0 podcast. Now the United States Congress is weighing in on credit union boards. And Chris O'De, an executive with CU 2.0, but importantly for this podcast, board chair at South Bay Credit Union California, Tells what he likes about H.R. 6889, the Credit Union Board Modernization Act, which now has been voted out of committee and will come up for a vote in the full House. Bill has bipartisan support in both the House and the Senate. CUNA has indicated support, ditto, NAFCU. Links to their support statements in the show notes. There's also a link in the show notes to the language of H.R. 6889. There's not much language in the bill. What would it do? It's narrowly focused legislation that would allow most credit union boards to meet six times annually rather than the currently mandated 12. That's it. But Oni is plain in this podcast that as board chair, he thinks this would be a very good move. He tells why in the podcast. Remember to tell your member of Congress and U.S. Senators how you feel about H.R. 6889 they'll all probably be voting on this probably this year if you want your opinion to register get that email off now by the way this podcast is a coming home for Odie. he was the guest in the very first podcast in this series click here to listen it's in the show notes it's not exactly as big a landmark as the first rolling stones album but for credit union geeks it may rate right up there listen up So we're going to talk about the Credit Union Board Modernization Act. Voted out of a House committee, and we'll go to the full floor of the House. Theoretically, it's proceeding likewise in the Senate. So there's a decent chance it'll become law. It has bipartisan support. The nuts and bolts of it is that it seems to reduce the requirement of credit union boards to meet two down to six times a year from 12 times a year. There are some exceptions to that. Credit unions with proven financial difficulties have to meet twelve times a year. New credit unions have to meet twelve times a year, but most credit unions would not. What do you think about that?
1: Definitely a narrow, narrow in scope bill. But uh, one of the, the things, one of the things I like about it is, is that it is a credit union specific bill, and it, it will be very helpful and provide flexibility for credit unions. Um, as a, as the chairman of the board of a credit union, I, I can tell you. We have had board meetings in the past where it was just going through the motions, right? There were no voting measures. There was no reason for us to actually have the board meeting. I've walked out of them thinking that was a, just a complete and utter waste of 60 minutes that we did not need to spend. And uh, so I'm I'm a big fan of it.
0: How, how frequently would you say that happens, Chris?
1: Uh, it only happens once or twice a year where we have no... I can only speak specifically to to South Bay credit union, my credit union, but I would say once or twice a year, it happens where we have a board meeting where it's purely informational. And instead of taking the time to go to the office and go to the boardroom and sit in on the meeting and spend what, what amounts to always 120 minutes, right. From soup to nuts. Once you're all in, I could have read it and, 15 minutes and been done and been informed. So uh, I I think given the, given the environment we're in, right. And what I've noticed post pandemic or even since the start of the pandemic, once the pandemic hit the whole world seemed to get in more of a hurry and everyone's trying to do more with less time uh, with the same amount of time, trying to do more with the same amount of time. So if this can free up the boards to focus on other things that, that they'd rather focus on, or it can, free up time for the volunteer board members, I, I'm of course going to be a big fan of it.
0: Well, I think theoretically it could free up time for a volunteer board member to put that hour or two into something else that he or she is interested in that pertains to the credit union that maybe isn't even ready to discuss at the board level. Maybe it's been discussed and they've said, well, why don't you sort out the mobile banking thing? Report back to us. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I've actually thought, uh, as I've been thinking about this the last couple of days, I think what I'm going to try to do is implement a strategy-only board session, right? Like like we have a strategy session, a strategy portion of our board meetings, but it's quick. You know, it's 10 minutes, 15 minutes max. I think if we were to actually take the time and be purposeful about scheduling a meeting with the sole intent of discussing strategy, either where we're at on the strategic plan, or what new strategies do we see evolving. Because you know you put your board strategic plan together in September. It gets documented and codified in January, and that's the plan for the year. Well, by the time you get around to next June, right, from this time in September when you agreed on it, a lot of things can change. And I think it's important for every board to be thinking about strategy as an ongoing meeting topic rather than the once a year board strategic planning session.
0: Well, particularly nowadays, everything does change. I'm I'm hearing now from credit union senior executives who a year ago, their main big complaint was we have too much deposit money, too much, got to get rid of it, put some of it to use. Now they're saying they want more deposits. I mean, the world changes. I mean, this is this is a 180
1: degree change in the space of a year. Yeah. One of the smartest things I heard all year last year was when we were going through, because at CU2.0, we talked to you know five to 20 different credit unions a week uh, as part of our fintech call program. Almost every single call we had, all except for one. When we would get on the phone with them and ask them, all right, so what are you looking at? What are you looking to talk about? It would always be around loan growth. We need loans. We need loans. And one credit union came on and said, oh, we need to know how to generate more deposits cheaply. And I was like, okay, you're the only one saying that. Why are you saying that? Why are you asking me that? And I've seen your balance sheet. and You shouldn't be asking that question right now. They said, Chris, because nobody else is asking that question right now. So we're trying to get ahead of it. So that when that time comes, and they knew, like we all did, that eventually we'd be back in an environment where we were chasing deposits instead of chasing loans. They knew about that. They they knew it was coming. It wasn't if it was just a matter of when and they were going to be prepared for it. I guarantee you that's because that credit union is purposeful about strategic planning and strategic planning on an ongoing basis. Do you have are you having problems recruiting board members? We don't have problems recruiting board members at South Bay. But we are also always actively looking for board members, right? The, the whole board, as well as the staff. And we've created an associate board member position. We created it you know, more than a few years ago. Matter of fact, a long time ago, I sat as an associate board member. I think I was the first associate board member about a dozen years ago. So we have that kind of bench bench depth that we're able to dip into when
0: we need it. That's interesting because most boards... And credit unions your size are struggling for new members. It's almost like they tackle someone who's walking slowly by by the branch office. <laughs> hey, you're on the board. <laughs> Come on in. Oh, you're not a member. We can get you signed. up. Yep, no problem.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I may have done that a time or two. Of oh, you're not a member. We can fix that. But I think just it's like anything, like the strategy piece, right? Being purposeful about it and working on it, not when it's a necessity, but when you don't need it. Like right now, we have nine board members and two associate board members. And we have a floating number of board seats available, right? We can be either down to five or up to 13. And so right now we don't need associate board member or a new board member. But if you think we're not constantly outlooking, you'd be wrong, right? We are constantly outlooking. You can never have too much available talent. And we're also looking at it from the lens of how do you diversify the skill sets within the board? right we don't want all firefighters or all teachers or all healthcare professionals right we've got a, a mix that we're constantly looking to balance between you know people that came from the technology world and people that are lawyers and educators and people that represent the community you know different skill sets people that worked in real estate and commercial real estate and so having the different skill sets and the diversification has always helped us and that's what we're looking for what's the uh, age range of your board members Right now, I think the age range is early
0: 40s to 80. Now, you remember, I think this is maybe 10, 12 years ago, that NCUA issued an edict that board members had to be financially literate. I forget the exact terminology NCUA used, but it basically said you have to sort of be able to understand what the books of a credit union look like and mean and what they should look like. Remember that? hmm Yep. Quite a few board members stepped aside because they thought this was too onerous or whatever. They had their personal reasons for that. I've thought for a long time, SUA should issue a similar edict regarding technology. And I'm not trying to turn everybody into a propeller head. I just want to know, have you used mobile remote deposit capture at least once successfully? <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes. Yeah, yeah. Our, our, well, at South Bay of course we have right because our board's a little different than than most boards we adopt technology we had our our second oldest board member zoom in during the pandemic from Barcelona right oh, wow. so so our board's a little bit different that that we we do adopt technology but I spend a lot of I don't spend a lot of time I spend I don't know about a dozen times a year I'll go out and speak to other credit unions boards about technology, right? The CEOs will hire CU 2.0 to come in and talk about technology to kind of set the tone. And the scary part to me is sometimes I hear board members making decisions based on or, or commenting on things based on their own preferences. I don't think you have to understand technology to be a board member, but I do think you have to understand the mindset of the younger generation or the digital generation right like if we're talking about you know like like buy now pay later right i'm trying to explain that to a board they ask a question about it. i explain what it is and the board member tells me that hey that sounds like a modern day layaway and i'd never use that okay buddy you're you know 70 years old if you're a day you're not really the target for this right the target for this is the 23 year old who just dropped $700 at Costco and doesn't want it all coming out of one paycheck and wants to spread it out over payments, right? Or, you know, the 28-year-old who had to buy a new refrigerator and doesn't want to drop the 3 grand in one one payment. So, that's the market it's geared towards and as long as the board understands that sometimes they're not the target for some of these new technologies that get released then that's fine. They don't need to understand them. Just understand that you're not the target. So, yeah, I would love to see some
0: sort of requirement that board members have working knowledge of f- financial technology and stuff, not how it works. I mean, I'm not going to give you a quiz about and exactly what is that algorithm for BNPL? You know, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, and how did they concoct
1: it? <laughs> yeah, just keeping the board aware of new technologies as they come out, right? like Like AI-based credit decisioning. And you bring that up to a board and they're like, no, we want a debt to income ratio and credit score and and uh, our, our matrix that we've been using you know, for the last 20 years, our credits decisioning matrix. Well, how do you think these companies like SoFi and Synchrony and the rest of the fintech lenders have gotten so big so fast? It's not because they're using the standard credit matrix that we've all been using for years. It's because they're using AI or bare minimum machine learning to make better decisions quicker and automated. And that's kind of important to know when you're thinking about, all right, are we switching our loan decisioning, right? We went from a credit committee to the credit matrix, right? The decision engine to AI-based credit decisioning. And that's that's why you see the rise of these companies like, like Zest and Synaptic that are really jumping into this space and helping credit unions compete getting the boards to understand the new technologies that are out there and why they're out there and where they're having success would be key. But you're 100% right. Knowing the algorithm of how you make a buy now, pay later decision or how you you determine what's going to collections and what isn't, the board doesn't need to know that. They just need to know that the technologies are out there and why they're useful.
0: I don't know if you remember, but you were the first guest, I think, on this podcast over four years ago. So we've sort of come full circle.
1: All right. Uh, I love that.
0: And, uh, this and
1: doesn't I thinking this is your last show, does it?
0: Uh, no, I have a whole stack of them. It's uh, people keep wanting to do this. It's, it's a wonderful thing. The CU 2.0 podcast.